Hi, I'm Ernie Boxall, and I am the storyteller. And with No Story Stagnates, I'm helping business owners and interesting people tell their story before somebody else tells it for them so that they can make the maximum impact on more people without anxiety or dread. Welcome to No Story Stagnates with me, Ernie Boxall. And I know I say this every time, but it is a real pleasure today to introduce Steve Ramona from America. And just briefly, I think Steve may agree with this, but the first time we spoke or saw each other, there was a bit of a business connection. I'll say no more than that. So, Steve, welcome, and would you like to tell everyone who you are, where you are, and what you're doing at the moment? Thank you, Ernie. I appreciate the time, and I'm real glad to be connected. You know, I'm Steve Ramona. I'm 60 years old, born and raised in Northern California. Um, I have a passion for entrepreneurship and a passion for helping people. It's something, uh, you know, the Bible tells to serve and serve as much as you can, and that's what I lead my life with as much as I can. When life lets me do that. Um, now I've worked with a partner in a great part company called Infone, and we just do that. We just help serve. I'm about service, and you know our tool platform does yeah. that and much more. I can agree with that. Steve has allowed me to have a look over the Infone, and it's it's concept I've not seen before. And I think, as Steve will probably tell us, it encapsulates everything you need to go to a network meeting or to initiate contacts through all the social medias and to store the information all in one place. So we may come on to that later. But, Steve, the question I ask all of my guests, do you know how your mother and father met for the first time? It's a good question. I didn't know, and I did a little bit of research because you inspired me. Yeah. Um, they met at a restaurant in Northern Cal in San Jose, the city where I was born. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, their, their love life, their romanticism, their whole scenario started there um, and moved on to, they happened to have a lucky me come aboard with four other siblings. Nice. To build a family so with a family of five yes. seven with the parents and uh um it didn't start off right away it kind of you had to grow but uh most relationships do that so yeah how they met wonderful so you know how your story started now from before you were born Correct. do you have children steve i do not no okay that's the second question so from the year one year old to ten year old steve is there a story which you remember, which you could say now made a real difference to those first 10 years? I do. And it's 
it's a it's a story I remember my family driving old Montego uh, so I'd have been you know been uh, 70s early 70s 10 years old was just got out of school moms picked us up and I had done a project I was probably less than 10 or maybe I was between seven and eight yeah. but I had drawn a picture of a whale and I and I, and I had to describe the whale and I put on top look at his sprout yeah not spout right well it was interesting because my siblings all laughed at me oh you know kind of you know my sibling or yeah youngest but my older sibling especially yeah oh you know mom's like oh that's funny everybody laughed and made a joke yeah. of it but as you can tell it impacted me in a negative way that i was right. not smart right or I, there was a problem with me um so that's caring for because my mom has brought that up yeah. Every few years. And we made a joke of it. And I, you know, I can, you know, let it go off my shoulders, Ernie, yes. but Ernie's impacted me. And it started yeah. my life as a kid, not 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 the right way for me. No, Steve, that really makes that clicks with me because I tell a story. Mine's a little bit older when I'm 15. I have just passed an exam to go into an engineering firm. And within a year, I'm realizing that it's not for me. So I go home and I say to my parents, I want to pack up the engineering and go back to college. And what they said was, what do you want to do that for? You won't make a go of it. Now, what they meant was that a job in the factory then was a job for life, or so they thought. So they were saying, look, this is a job for life. You go back to college, you're not going to know what you're going to do. And for three years, that was how it went. What you're going to do that for, you won't make. And like you, even now, if I'm facing a new challenge, there is a little voice on the shoulder saying, are you sure you're making go of this? So I think what we both say, to all parents, is be careful what you say to your children. So Absolutely. thanks for that, Steve. That's really, that makes an impact. And I haven't talked about that a lot, not if you want me to add to, but I haven't talked about it a lot, and it's interesting for me to tell you because my mind is racing, and, and one thing that's the positive of it, because I believe in yin and yang. Absolutely. I think that's why we connect so well, uh, why I love you as a friend, is it turned me to sports. And uh, that's what I was good at. And I realized yeah. I'm an academic and that's okay, Steve. Yeah. Your brother was a top-notch student. My other brother was a, below me was a top-notch student, but yeah. I was a top-notch athlete. Right. So I found my place, like when you just told your story, that's yeah. what came to my head. So yeah. it really became a positive because now I grew a network of peers and friends. And yes. Yeah. We know success changed the of the positive. So. Steve, Steve, Steve. <laughs> Boom. Um, when I was around about eight or nine, I weighed eight stone. I was a quite a chubby kid. But from the age of five or six, my father was a sportsman, a boxer and a footballer. At the age of five and six, I was playing with seven and eight year olds at football. And when I was eight, my dad took me into the gym to box. And that has been my life, sport, 
really. Right from there, that was the one thing, as you say, that was the one thing I could do. Even as a fat kid, I'd got skills at football and I could run. And at boxing, my dad taught me. I could box, I could take a punch. I haven't got a big punch, but I could send, I could give a lot. And so uh, there again, same stories. So if we can move on, Steve, 11 to 20. There may be a couple of stories there. 11 to 20. Well, high school was tough. Yeah. In the beginning, um, my mom dressed me completely different than all their kids. Right. My, my uh, high school friends, I call them alumni, still te tease me today. It's not a negative but it made me stand out. I'd wear, uh, uh, you know, fully dressed, dress shirts, and everybody else was wearing Levi's and, yeah. you know, just casual. And I was fully dressed. My mom thought, because we were going to private school, they were spending a lot of money. Right. That was the mindset for my mom. I was the second sibling to do it. Okay. And I remember walking and sitting in the cafeteria and like, everybody looks so different. Yeah. But to turn that into a positive, people, it drew people to me. What yeah. is this guy about that he's dressing this way? And when I told all of them that my mom did told me to dress this way, they started laughing. Yeah. And not at me, at my mom for thinking that's how you had to dress. Right. The opposite effect of the words they used when I was eight or 10. Yes. It was she in, 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 indirectly, in, unintentionally gave me um, a place to, to meet people, a, a stage. Yes. In a sense. And of course, I started changing the road, changing, you know, mom, I can't do this, stop buying this. And yeah. that changed, and, you know, I led to, you know, a lot of friends that I'm friends with today. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That's it. So, what would you have said if somebody said to you, Steve, what's the lesson you learned from that? Is there a lesson you can think of that that sort of brought into you? Absolutely, Ernie. That if you feel that you're different, doesn't mean people aren't going to like you, especially in right. these days. Yeah. That was, in the, you know, seven, the late 70s. You know, I graduated high school in 79, which was a much different time. Yes. But it carries over. The good people, the spiritual people, people of faith, people that care about people are going to not care who you are. Right. How you dress if you're a little bit different because we're all a little bit different. Right. And it just gave me so much uh, hope because you're, you're all nervous walking your first day of freshman high school. doesn't matter. UK, America, Canada, doesn't matter. That's right. Yeah. And it'll happen a thousand years from now. It's just a new environment. Yes. So it really taught me to be different and comfortable. And it's helped me in my public speaking because, Good. yeah, you know, I don't look like anybody else. I mean, I, I, I won't wear a $10,000 you know, nope. suit to meet people. I'm about this. That's right. This. Absolutely. And, and so that's what I've learned. So a question that comes from that, Steve, that's just come up to me is how did you approach first? Your first school, and then high school. Did you were you did you go well there, or was there problems? So my schooling was no, I was fantastic. Again, leading into sports because I was sports. That was the other connection. I was dressed different, but when we sat down, yeah, I'm going out for football. I'm going out for basketball. I'm going out for baseball. Oh, you're a sports guy. Oh, you're an athlete. Oh, great. So then the athlete, and that happens in schools. Absolutely. Athletes, academia, arts, they all, we all kind of go in our little uh, cliques. 
So um, it, it was a great, because I was a good athlete. I was yes. great with my kids and I was coming in and the school knew yeah. um, that helped a lot too. So I had a, a lot of friends. Right. Um, and the story reminds me of, we had a science teacher who we all, he, he gave us a lot of ammunition to take the mickey out of him. And then one day in the playground, we were playing football and somebody kicked the ball and it came towards him. And he controlled it on his chest, took it on his thigh and kicked it back to us. And from that day onwards, he was God. We listened to him in science because he was good at football. And, you know, it was a complete change of attitude when he showed us he could play football, which, as you say, very often, that is something that attracts people to people, isn't it? Or it repels people. I've got a friend in America who was a beautiful-looking girl who would never go out with the top jock. So sometimes it repels, but most of the time, I think it attracts. What would you say you learned from? What lessons did you learn from being a good sportsman? Well, that's great because that's what I was going to add to. Uh, when I was, you know, in the 11, 12 years, um, I played football, was, you know, baseball. Yeah. But I was an all-star baseball player. Football was the top player. Um, it learned leadership in a sense yes. that everybody looked to me. Like, Steve, you're the guy that's going to help us win these games. Um you know, all-star, but I also had a, had a temper. Right. And it taught me a lesson. I made an all-star team, and I struck out, and I threw the bat. And the coach sat me down and never played me again. Wow. You don't do that in our team. And I was disappointed. My parents were disappointed. But it learned my lesson. You know, I learned, and much better even today, the last 10 years, is, you know what, that's just not an emotion that you want to do. Do that in private. Don't do it in public because it will affect you. In yeah. this case, it was just playing games at the time. That was my million dollar thing was I want to play all-star game. I want to be out there. I want to sit on the bench. No. Um, the second thing story. So that's, the, of course, you know, I love doing this. because It makes you think the yes. other story was pop Warner football, which is um, about 14, 15 yeah. star running back me and this other guy. We're in the playoffs, big, huge crowd, kind of like a movie scenario. Yes. And I get the ball and, you know, the Americans are running back. So I got the ball. I'm running up. I've got a wide open hole to yeah. win the game. And I fumbled. Guy wow. reached out, punched the ball, and I fumbled. I was devastated. Yeah. Devastated. My coach put his arm around me. He goes, anybody could have done that. You just were in that position, and it's just a football game. Yes. You're going to have really? these failures in life. It's not what happens today. It's how you bounce back. Absolutely. There you go. There you go, people. <laughs> So, Steve, 21 to 30, story and the lesson. <laughs> the first story is when I turned 21, I got drunker than a skunk and threw up. And, oh, my God. It's shots of tequila. I will never forget that. Yeah. I think a lot of people were in the 21. Yeah. And I was never – drinking was never something. I mean, I never did – I've never done drugs. and nothing against no. people, but I just – I was, and this is back to athlete, that story. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to play pro football or pro baseball. Yes. My, my uncle played pro football for the New York Giants, so it was my goal. Wow. My cousins played 
top-notch football. My other cousin was a, uh, a fill-in for the 49ers. So I had this, this, this uh, stories yes. of who I looked up to. So when I got drunk, got sick, um, it changed me. I mean, I still did. I still drank for a while. But to this day, I mean, I just, I never enjoyed drinking. No. No, don't understand. And this is no critique. Game, but in my mind, I don't want to wake up the next morning and feel like a, a flub and sit yeah. lay in bed till two o'clock in the you know, afternoon. Um, yeah. Especially now, of course, in adult age. That's right. one story that I'll never forget. Um, Very true. And I think another story that sits with me, we owned health clubs for many years. Right. I didn't know that. Yeah, we were for, from 78 to 2000, me and my family owned health clubs. Wow. I was an uh, you know, operations manager. Got really close to my cousin we are today uh, yes. because of it. He really was my mentor. Uh, taught me everything about business and just an incredible businessman. But one story that really resonates with me, I was sitting in the office and I get a phone call. It was the FBI. And they said, do you know this person? I said, oh, yeah, I just saw her yesterday. You know, uh, we did, I trained her a little bit. And they said, well, she's been killed. Oh, yeah. She was murdered. And I took a deep breath. And it, 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 it I was probably 25 to 30, around that age. And it really took me because I never yeah. had that experience. And so they came down and interviewed me, um, talked to me, you know, just finding out the story. And then they talked to my cousin and we talked and it was, I went home and I felt a lot of emotions, but I felt empty. Yeah. But I woke up the next day and I think because of my past stories, it said, do something to help the family, but it focused me on helping others. Right. Because you never know when their last day would be. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's extremely sad. And then, you know, the story ended, I helped the family. We did, you know, I think we finally, finally found the guy and, you know, yeah. we did court and all that. But, um, yeah, that was, because I'm an emotional guy. I'm a happy and all that, but I, I'm emotional. Well, yeah. My girlfriend loves me so much, yeah. which is good. But um, I, I think the stories, and, and you're bringing out of me, is we need to learn something. Yes. You can go two ways. I could have gone deep down in the dark hole, like, this is the worst thing that happened. How can I recover? Or Absolutely. what can I do to change? Yeah. And, that, and again, the, the next question that's coming to my mind, Steve, is as you own the health gym, the health studio, the gym, how would you have, do you know, or have you got any idea how you would have reacted to having to close the gym down because of a virus? It would have been devastating because, you know, we were 20, you know, especially was 20 years in because it was devastating and hard to sell the business. Right. You know, me and my cousin had a you know conversation and said, hey, we got this opportunity and, you know, we discussed it and we just, you know, working Christmases, it's a lot of yes. work. Yes. But there's a lot of joy. I've met, you know, probably yes. 50,000 people over 20 years, you know, some I'm still connected with. Uh -huh. So that was the joy of it, but yeah. we're because the devastating part of that question, and, and and I see it with other gyms, is all the members, right? How it's affecting them. Yes, you know, we would have recovered. I would have recovered. It's more about them than me. 
Yes. Um, and, and it's happened to my girlfriend who's been a, in, in aerobics for 30 years. Right. Well, COVID shut her down and she had no money. I mean, yeah. no income coming in. She was yeah. She was struggling. And it was, you know, we we're working her out and she's just a rock star yeah. to get through that. Yeah. But like her and a lot of people, they learned to pivot. So she got a full-time job at the grocery store in case this ever happened again. That's the thing that would devastate me or, or, or bother me about members. Yes. Is how they, in the sense of their fitness, not their job. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You know, how are we going to lose? Mindset. Mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I see it so often over here. Now we've got the Facebook Lives and the TikTok. There are an awful lot of particularly women who have gone on and, and, and talked about not being able to get to the gym and how devastating that's been for them. And now over here, they're talking about we've just opened up. So it, it's like all their Christmases have come and that they're, they're in the gym every day now <laughs> because yeah. they're still, they're still working from home basically. Yeah. The flip side of that here, and it might be different in the UK than here, but it's, it's the fitness industry is yeah. it's hard to get people to stay consistent. Yeah. You pull them away for three months, yeah. five months, six months. Now me, I've been fitness all my life, so I built a fitness, you know, got a treadmill in my house, which I could do. Not yeah. everybody could do that, but there's ways, and I put resistance bands and stuff. Yes. But that's the fear, is yeah. are they going to go back in six months? Yeah. So, and you know, I, COVID's part of the problem, because of yeah. COVID, do I go back? Do I wear a mask? I haven't done it. You know, my life has changed. How do I, you know, yes. I tell everybody a great story I tell people. They talk about your schedule. Yeah. Fit. You need, if you're having a problem working out, it has to be part of your schedule. I meet with early at seven, my That's time. Oh, yeah. 8 a.m. I'm going to work out. I'm going to meet Joe Smith at 11. And yep. then, you know, you got to put Absolutely. It you make it part of your day. I, I often said to people, the number, the number of people who drop out because they haven't scheduled it, they get on the way home, they're thinking, I'll go to the gym. They get in. They take all the work clothes off and they have a cup of tea. And then the phone rings and they take the phone and they have another cup of tea. And by the time they've had a sit down, it's eight o'clock. No point going to the gym now. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best story in the world. I hear it all the time in the yes. industry. I'll, do it. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. I won't do it today. And I do it. We all do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, I'll eat bad today. Tomorrow I'll start. You know, it, yeah. I'll work harder tomorrow. Today I'm going to take a break. I mean, it falls in every part of our life. Yes. Tomorrow, and I just watched the TV show that's interesting. Uh, it's a comedy, but they brought into someday. Everybody talks about someday, someday. Yes. I don't want any someday's. I want today. Uh, yeah. So it's yeah. funny you tell that story, Ernie, because I just heard it last night. Yeah. You take that any way you want as a person. Right. Whatever that may be, but just like I told the story about the gym and that lady we lost. Yeah. Some days you can't Absolutely. And I, I, again, the story I tell, Steve, is that I, I moved into a new city when my relationship broke up. And I went shopping for the first time at a, at a shopping center. 
And when I came out, I came to an island, a traffic island, and I couldn't remember whether to turn right or left to get home. I turned left. I should have turned right. But the left turn took me past a university advertising Tai Chi. I thought, I'll have a go at that. And then two years later, we were doing the health and ecology show. We demonstrated the Tai Chi. And then I saw people sitting on a chair and people had their hands on the shoulders doing nothing. I sat down, a man put his hands on my shoulders and I went to sleep. When I woke up, my shoulders were down here. I got off the chair and it was like I was walking above air. I asked about it and that was shiatsu. Three and a half years later, I qualified as a shiatsu practitioner and they were the jobs, the two jobs I did all the way up until about three years ago, four years ago. Now, if I'd have turned right at that island, I maybe wouldn't be here now. Interesting. It was, it was as silly as that. One wrong turn. Yes, and, and that's, a, that's a great story. That's a great story. <laughs> um, I think upstairs, the man upstairs, He's directing our life, and in this case, he's an earning. You're going to go left this time. Yeah. So, thirty to forty. Where would what what sort of period in your life would we be talking about now, Steve? Really tied into the fitness industry with our health yeah. club. We were expanding, um, taking on new roles. Um, you know the thing that the industry taught me was I worked at the front desk in an 18, 19 year old. Yes. You know, because out of high school, you know, my cousin, hey, come work for me for a couple of years, you know, you know, for a year till you yeah. find out where you're going to go type of thing. And I lasted 20 years. Right. <laughs> and the same type of story, just how we hear that all the time. But what I learned was talking to older people. Yes. Come in and go, you'd walk in and go, hey, Ernie, how you doing? How was, you know, how, how's your morning? Yeah. Oh, it's been great, you know. Yeah. And then I started getting interactions with people. Right. You know, I'd walk around and say hello. And I'd get, hey, read this book about saving money. You're 18, 19. Yeah. All these great tips. But I was able to comfortably talk to older people. Right. Yeah. So at 30 or 40, I became the other side then. We've got staff coming in. Yeah. So yeah. I felt the same thing. You know, be comfortable with me. I, just because I'm 30 or 40 yes. and you're 21 yeah maybe that can help you you know some didn't listen which is normal. right yeah but cool. some did and i'm really good friends with the guy that worked with me we may try to do some you know business together getting the fitness strength in. we're still talking about it yeah but we're friends today he worked for me for him and his wife for three or four years and he to this day thanks me and thanks my cousin and yes you know so it i i, I took my lessons as an 18 year old and in the 30 40 i really Set, you know, help others, and that, that's just put yeah. a smile on my face. What was the name of the gym, Steve? Royal Courts Club Fitness. Royal Courts Club Fitness. And then we opened a second gym called Ronnie Lott's Club Fitness, which Ronnie Lott was a big 49er fan. So he yes. connected with my cousin and he wanted to get into the industry. And so we yeah. uh, built a club with his name around. It's it's an it's an interesting and um, name, royal. You know, it it puts that little bit of kudos. 
there, doesn't it? Using a little bit of the British, the royal family. We did. I, I didn't even think about that. I'm going to call yeah. my cousin and ask him about that because our logo had a crown on it. Right. Yes. So it really followed that path. Not the color royal, no. but I think it followed the uh, elites, not the white word, because that's too, right. you know, we weren't that way. We were... We were a business which taught me another thing in my 30s and 40s that I learned a great story. My cousin taught me customer service. Right. Remember, say their name when they walk in the gym. Walk around and say their name. Yes. Talk to people as their people, not an authority. Um, um, we wrapped our whole business around customer service. Really? And we grew tremendously. We were one of the best clubs in our area. Yes. And that was a big part of it because my cousin really instilled in me and in the staff customer service. And when you work with 20 and 25 year olds, they're learning that. Yes. And I'm, I'm proud to say a lot of them, if they were on this on this show, they would go, yeah, we learned that. We've taken it with us. So okay. that, I think that's the biggest story. Um, the sad parts is working Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, and I liked it because, it's like, you know, we had to close down at some time and Christmas was the slowest time of fitness. Yes. industry yeah. so we closed down do some remodels and again customer service we want to put money back in to make it always clean and uh-huh. up to date and the cutting edge technology or cutting edge equipment and all that yes. great stuff yeah um and of course romantically i'm sure i met a few women yeah and I, I, okay you know what that just now i have a story my girlfriend yeah um we met she worked for me in my 30s she was getting married and you know we were had a great relationship with friends, yes. could have gone somewhere, she says today, but she was getting married. She's got, you know, in love for love of her life, wherever she looked at him and uh, she went away. Well, we hooked, uh, we connected again about 10 years later at a funeral, unfortunately, but hey, you know, her name's Melinda. Yeah. Hey, Melinda, hey, good to see you. We didn't talk much. And then seven years ago, I hope to get that out because she sees this, yeah. is there was a post on Facebook that my ex-girlfriend's sister had posted about this choir and how her daughter was in the choir. Well, Melinda posted, her daughter was singing right with her. And she posted, oh, Marion, thank you so much. It was a great show. And I looked and put a post, hey, Melinda, it's been 10 years since I've seen you. How are you? She oh, my God, give me your number. So we talked a few times and we went out to connect. Brilliant. that was, yeah, I think, I want to say this January 2nd, 2016, because her kids were gone. Um, so she had time to go out and yeah. we went out and out. And now we're, you know, I'll probably say it on this show. And nobody knows. Not a lot of people are probably going to get married next year. She's full of my life. Yeah. She's wonderful. She's, I've been looking for a mate that a person, I don't like yeah. a mate, but, but you know, yes. I know she's going to take care of me. I'm going to take care of her. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. So, Brilliant. She's a great person and people love her. So. Yeah. That that's kind of that. That's a big thirty to forty story because it changed my life. Absolutely. So, and, 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 and can you put into words how it changed? I was single, you know. I dated, but you know, sometimes it's hard not having kids. Yeah. Because people look at you. Yeah. And it goes with the drinking too. It, it's, you know, they look at you different. Again, back to high school, you wore that crazy outfit. And again, that brings that story back to this. It's like, you know, this is my life. God has a plan for me. And my plan is not to have children. You know, I love her kids. And, and, and yeah. I've done 
help them and I'm there for them as a friend, you know. Yes. But the Lord, I think, in, has given me the opportunity. I'm, I'm looking at building a charity for kids. Um, I donate and help kids charities. That's what my plan is. Yes. So um, that's the, you know, and never being married. It's going to be 60 here next June. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been married, which is an outlier. I love the Malcolm Gladwell book, an outlier. Right. Um, a little different in this, but it's a positive outlier. It's not, a, it doesn't, it used to bother me because I would meet people after, especially from the health club, we had closed and yeah. you're not married yet. You're 40 or you're 50, you're married. And they're very nice about it, but I could tell it's like, they looked at me right. like, you know, what's wrong with you? What's that? Both of me in the beginning, but to this well, day. You're 17 and you've not been married. I've never been married. Well, there you go. And yet, I have three wonderful daughters. It just happened. Yeah. And so, yeah, I totally agree. And also, I've got to hold my hands up. And this might be a little bit of my character. But I'm happy where I am now. The, the state I'm in. I know that if I'd have been married with what's happened in the world over the last 10 years, really, I wouldn't be doing this, Steve. I'd be stacking shelves in a supermarket somewhere because I didn't have a lot of skills. I had the ability to talk to people. Now, I think I would still make a success of being in the supermarket because I talked to people. But I wouldn't be as happy as I am now. That's what I was just going to say. It's, it's enjoyment. If it's if it's you know you're a, an accountant and you enjoy it, it's it, yeah. That's it. You know, yeah. it's it's not about what people or family want you to do. Um, you know, you've got my mind really racing. I can see why you do these stories because it really brings out in your yeah. forefront of your head everything that's happened. I, and I'm super happy. You know, it used to bother me when people would say that am I different? What's wrong with me? And then I just went to the point with, you can't script your life. No. And if you try to do that, you're going to really fall into it. You have set before <laughs> a black hole. Yeah. And my script is written again from the man upstairs. And, and yeah, we just follow that and, and, and be as good of a person as you can be. And yeah. That. So, um, and now I, I, I embrace it, Bernie. And I think you do too. Listen to you. I embrace it. Look, I'm successful. So that yes. guy out there at 45 years old, yep. look at Ernie and Steve. Yeah. Completely successful. It doesn't. But life doesn't change. Yeah. So I guess really we've gone up to 50 now, haven't we, Steve? Yeah, we've talked about the last couple of years. Or have you noticed any difference over the last couple of years that will make a change to the next 10? Unbelievable question. Absolutely. One thing I've learned is not to be tied into anything that I do. Right. Hey, let's go to you know a restaurant or that's okay. You know, or business. Hey, no, it's not for me. Um, I used to bother me and go, oh my God, how do I answer this? They're saying no to whatever it is, might be business, might be personal, whatever it is. Yeah. The last few years, especially, I've had some mentors. Right. Um, really, and my mentor now, my business partner with Infone, have really taught me um, 
if you're kind and cordial about it, it's okay. Yes. Move on. Next, yeah. you know, is the type of thing. But don't be tied emotionally into that. No. Because they're not tied emotionally into you. Right. You know, it's a no, it's just not for them. It's not they don't like you, they don't hate you. It's none of those negativity you think about. It's just, again, life. That's what it is. And Absolutely. So yeah. I've really learned to just go out and talk to people and, you know, go for the no. One yes. book that I love is Go for the No, Yes is yeah. the Destination. Yeah, yeah. Um, 50 started hard when I turned 50 because I wasn't married and I had all that I talked about. Yeah. So the late 40s started coming in the 50s, like, you're not, dude, you're in your 50s. Right. Go on, you know, can't you find somebody? You know, it's, yeah. that's a lot in your head, not theirs. Yes. But um, that was the big thing. And the other big, big change in my life is, you know, going back to Jesus Christ. Right. It was part of my life. I've always been a good guy. I, you know, got great relationships, but I was, there's a missing piece there. Yeah. And I went through some trauma, personal trauma that my girlfriend was really worried about. I was developing skin cancer. Right. I forced surgeries, which when you hear the C word, it's scary. But yes. Anybody out there with cancer, I, you're, it's much more than I had. And yeah. I know that, but it was a, a defining time for me to go, okay, again, that's someday. Yes. Like, and to take care of myself, of course. My girlfriend, that's why I love her. She's always watching uh, over me, which I, you know, you can't live this life alone. No. I have, in the 50s, I learned not that I was alone, but no. I mean, having you, Ernie, as a friend for 10 years, I had you for 10 years, you're the kind of guy that I could, hey, you know what? I need to call vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. You need somebody, it might be one, it might be a thousand, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But you can't be alone because especially with COVID, we've learned that. And yeah, that's one thing people say, Steve, is it, oh, you're 70 and you're on your own. I say, no, I can I can get onto the computer and and I say to them, look, when I get onto the computer, they're not going to say to me, Where have you been? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? We've got to go here. I get on the computer, I talk about what we need to do, and then I do what I want to do, which sounds selfish. And it, that may be a little bit in there. I've never been comfortable either having to tell anyone what I want to do, but I've not been comfortable. I've not been uncomfortable with people telling me, I want to go off here. Either, yeah, let's go there, or you go off and then come back and it's okay it's, yeah. it's i don't love you as a friend or as a girlfriend yeah. unless it's just i'm not this is not what i want to do right now at the end of the day it's all about trust isn't it yeah it well we're coming up to the end steve and what i would say is that the reason i do this my passion is that when I started doing shiatsu, people would come to me and on the first consultation, I would say to them, can you tell me what happens, what happened to you in your first 10 years? What was your first memory? Now, many of them said, I remember when I was four, being in a pushchair, in, in my mother's, you know, and that's fine, that's fine. It was the one that said, 
Well, um, uh, um, well, 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 when I was 15, and I'm thinking, 15? What happened before that? And you very often find that the whole story was that they were bullied, abused, and that not it's not that they've forgotten it, but they've put it so deep inside that it's blocked other stories coming in. So I say to people that the passion for me is to get the stories out so that there's room there for fresh stories. And the other thing is, Steve, you now have a book, Steve Ramona's Life and the Lessons He's Learned. We could almost just go back over this transcript, write it down, and you've got a book. And everybody knows what difference it makes when you say published author. So the, the, there is a book in there, Steve. It's your life and the lessons you've learned. Very good. I want to thank you. Don't rush off afterwards. Can you tell people how they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. And it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. This has been an experience, a life-changing experience, I'm going to say right now. And anybody out there, please reach out to Ernie. Work with him on this because I'm going to tell you right now, this whole day has changed for me in such a positive way. Great. It's going to make me think of these stories and, and, and keep moving forward as a positive person and do the right things. And remind me when I go off the deep end, <laughs> go jump off that, that, that bridge, yeah. stay, you know, stay on the bridge. Um, to get a hold of me is you can click on my um, barcode here or QR code here. That's all my information. Or you can go to info.co forward slash SR1. Again, info.co forward slash SR1. It's also at the bottom of my uh, video as well. Yeah. Uh, that's great. And that will go up on LinkedIn and all your details will be under it, Steve. So thanks very much, Steve. As I say, don't click off. I'm going to stop the recording. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to No Story Stagnates with me, Ernie Boxall. No Story Stagnates is the unique way to boost your visibility by allowing the audience to know your story, your brand and your authority. By telling your story well, you can make the maximum impact with more people without anxiety or dread. If you've ever thought about telling your story and telling it well, go to No Story Stagnates at Ernie at ErnieSaid.info. That's E R N I E at E R N I E 
said.info. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe if you've enjoyed what you've heard on the video. Take care.